You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Well, welcome in, everyone, to the Bonfire Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us again this week. Uh, you are listening uh, this week to session four of the Blessed Assurance Podcast uh, series. And so we're, again, so glad that uh, everyone is with us here today, Dad. Um, mm-hmm. This, again, is a session four, and we've been in, in this session for the last a few weeks and uh, studying through First John and looking at uh, all of the material and the content that is here in First John. And, and as I said before, to be such a small book, man, it's got a lot of a great content here right. um, for us to go through. And I, and I think the same of today. Um, and today we're going to be in chapter two and, and trying to uh, finish up chapter two. We'll come just a couple of verse, verses short of finishing chapter two, and we'll pick those up on our, our next episode. Um, again, I want to remind everyone that you can find these episodes on our uh, Facebook page. You can also find the accessory discussion questions with each episode are going to be posted there on the Facebook page. And so if you're uh, wanting to use uh, those uh, discussion questions in your own personal study, or if you have a, a group of listeners that you're uh, studying with, um, feel free to go to the, the Facebook page there and use uh, those discussion questions to help facilitate your discussion. Again, we want to, to be uh, of service to you and to help in any way we can to 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 make this um, meaningful to you and and to really help you get the most out of out of the the content that we're providing here on the Bonefire Podcast. Well, um, Dad, uh, today again I said we're going to be in chapter two and we're going to mm-hmm. be addressing um, in this particular um, uh, session we're going to be looking at uh, some end times, uh, right? Some some references to the end times and what's going to happen as we draw near to the return of Christ. That's right. And uh, there's some really interesting stuff here. And mm-hmm. and then John also gives us um, some guidance and how to to kind of defend ourselves, protect ourselves, as we're going to see as we get into these uh, verses here. So mm-hmm. uh, normally I kind of read all the verses, but today we're going to just take this chunk by chunk. And you know we're not going to be going exactly in a, a verse by verse order. We've kind of rearrange those just to kind of fit with uh, the talking points that we have here. Uh, but we will start in verse 18. So we're mm-hmm. in First John chapter 2, verse 18, and that's where we'll uh, pick up our uh, study for uh, today. And so um, if you got your Bibles, I encourage you to turn there and uh, make sure you got a pen or pencil with you. We're going to ask you to probably look at a couple things um, that you may want to underline here as we get through this. And so uh, verse 18 reads, Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which you know that is the last hour. Mm-hmm. So that first verse is, Dad, where we're going to kind of hang our head there. Right. Um, and within that first verse, we really get kind of the basis of what we're talking about today. It's kind of got it all wrapped up in, in into that one verse. And, and um, you know, John is sitting here and he's talking about the last hour. Right. Uh, he's talking about the end of times. And and uh, this last hour, I want to make sure that we um, explain that to our listeners and, and, and that they have an understanding. Um, you know, here, John is really referring to uh, not a measure of time. Uh, right. He's not talking about an hour as we would think about an hour today on the face of our watch. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's talking about a period of time. Yeah. And he's really referring to uh, the time between Jesus' ascension when he uh, went back to heaven and when he ultimately will re- return in the future, and and no one knows exactly how long that period's going to be. That's right. But John said he was looking around. And he said, "Hey, we're we're living in that time. We're living in these last hours." Right. And you know, you mentioned about 
uh, the last hour, the early church and the apostles themselves also used the expression, the last time and the last days, as generic terms for that time between the Lord's departure to heaven and his coming again. So you'll see it uh, mentioned in uh, in those words in other places in the Bible. Yeah, yeah it can be used both uh, in both ways. You know, in Matthew uh, chapter 24, verse 36, Jesus was talking, because uh, these are red letters here, and Jesus said, no one knows the day or the hour when he will return. And he added, not even the angels of heaven know that, that date or that time. Right. Um, only the Father knows. And so we don't know how long we're going to be in these last days, but we're living in the last days now, even as John was almost 2,000 years ago. Hey, you, you know, you were telling me earlier today about something you saw about Fort Knox and the gold and Fort Knox and how everything was so secure there. Boy, that's a secret that's really locked up and secure. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, more so than the than the gold in Fort Knox. That's uh, right. This is protected date and time. You know, but that, that phrase, last hour or the last days, um, that phrase implies a sense of urgency um, in that Jesus may come at any time. And I think that's something that we as believers today, we don't need to lose sight of. You know, mm-hmm. even though it's been, uh, you know, 2,000 years since these words were written, right. uh, we still should live in anticipation that any moment, even before this podcast is over, we could be called to glory right now. That's right. It could happen at any time. You know, in these verses, um, John says that, you know, it's the last hour because you're going to see a couple things that are happening. And mm-hmm. uh, in this last hour or these last days, he mentions that there will be an antichrist that will come. Mm-hmm. But he also said that there will be many antichrist, plural, uh, that are already present. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted us to take a little bit of time and, and talk about uh, the this antichrist and Antichrist. Now, if you will, uh, if you got your Bible, you may want to just go ahead and underline uh, these two words that are listed here. So, Antichrist, you'll find it listed first as a as a big A, and in the singular form, and then you'll find it a little bit later in that verse is listed as a as a uh, uncapitalized A, and it's in the plural form. So, mm-hmm. we've got Antichrist and Anti. Christ uh, in plural form. You know, eventually, Dad, there's going to be an Antichrist that comes, and that's referring to one man who's going to be acting through the power of of Satan, and he will come and he will claim to be God, and yet he will be opposing the one true God Mm -hmm. and leading people astray. And that's what is oftentimes referred to or is referred to as the big A Antichrist. Right. Mm -hmm. And then with that kind of same counterfeit spirit, um, there was in the time that John was writing, and there still is today, and there will be in the future, already the the present uh, form of this Antichrist and the Antichrist spirit. Right. And that is of of people and and, and, uh, false teachers and false prophets that are in the, the mission of deceiving God's people uh, through false teaching. Yeah. And so that's the two to two A's that we see there, the, the big A Antichrist referring to uh, the Antichrist to come and then the Antichrist in the little way, those being those false teachers and false prophets that are that were all around in John's day and they're still here today. That's right. The prefix anti actually has got a dual meaning. It can mean in the Greek both against Christ and instead of Christ. And you know, Satan has been fighting hard against Christ and his eternal truth. And he is substituting his counterfeits for the realities found in Christ. And the spirit of the Antichrist, oh, it is definitely at work today. You know, Dad, um, 
John goes on further uh, when he's talking about these antichrist, and he begins to to show the the readers, uh, you know, who he was writing to, and our listeners now, um, that there were kind of three actions that really describe or, or, or capture what the antichrist spirit is all about, mm-hmm. and we find those in verses nineteen and verse twenty two, and and also in, in verse six, mm-hmm. and so uh, we're going to get into to that a little bit here now as as we. Um, as, as we dive in deeper. And so looking at uh, verse 19, and we'll read that together, it says, They went out of us, but they were not of us. For if they had been with us, they would have continued with us. Mm-hmm. But they went out of us that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Mm-hmm. And then if we go over to verse 22, it says, Who is a, who is a liar? But he who denies Jesus is Christ. He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Mm-hmm. And then the last verse here that we're going to couple together is verse 26. And John writes, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. So mm-hmm. um, John really shows us there's kind of three things that happen in this uh, anti-Christ uh, and anti-Christ spirit. And that is one, uh, there's desertion. Uh, there's denial, and then there's deception. Uh, those right. are the three things that we, we typically see. And when he's talking about uh, Antichrist, uh, plural with the little a, he's primarily focusing on false teachers that end up being apostates, those that kind of slip into the church unawares and you know get the trust of the people and then start perverting the gospel and teaching false doctrine. And eventually, you know, they lead people out of the church out of the church. And that's one way you can know that someone is a false teacher, not only because they're teaching wrong, but they stay a while and their job is to pull people out of the church. And a lot of the people that leave the church, why they're deceived people too. They don't know Jesus. I I actually believe that sometimes God allows uh, false teachers to come into the church as a way of purging the church. Uh, false teachers come in, and those people that are not truly Christians, they adhere to them. And sometimes Christians can get confused, but they will come back, but they adhere to them. And when they leave, they leave with a false teacher. And that sometimes is God's way of pruning the church. That's exactly right. And so verse 19 really addresses uh, that, where uh, there were people um, in the church and that were teaching a false doctrine and were teaching uh, just a, an out-and-out lie. Uh-huh. Um, and ultimately, they left the, the church and, and were not part of those believers. And so John was saying that that's one way that you knew that they were not true in, in their intent is because yeah. they didn't stay with us. They didn't abide uh, with us. Um, and, and that was a, a true picture of, of uh, that they did not represent the same things that this body of believers represents right. is what he was saying there. Um, in verse 22, uh, we get into the deception. So we've looked at desertion and, and then now deception. And again, verse 22 um, talks about uh, who is a liar, but he who denies Jesus is the Christ, um, is what that says there. And, and really, you know, the essence of the Antichrist spirit 
um, is to deny that Jesus was the Christ or to deny that Christ was uh, fully incarnated in in Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's really what the whole essence is. And ultimately, when in the future the the Antichrist with the big A comes, that's going to be the same mode of, of operation that, that he will be in, is trying to deny Christ and say, you know, I am God, you need to worship me. Right. Um, and this, uh, the spirit of the Antichrist does whatever it can uh, to diminish Christ and substitute other views uh, in the place of what is true and incarnate um, of the Son of God. And Matthew 24, verse 5 says that many will come in my name saying that I am the Christ and they will lead many astray. And so, uh, you know, Dad, this leads me to kind of the third uh, point that we see in terms of the Antichrist spirit and, and what happens or the mode of operation that the Antichrist spirit works in, and that is deception. Um, it, right there in, in Matthew 24, 5, it talks about people being led astray. And so um, the goal of, of the Antichrist is, is to deceive people and to get them to move away from what they know is true and, and, and what they believe in the one true God. Uh, John is very concerned uh, that the church be alert to what he calls liars and deceivers, mm-hmm. um, and they are many. In uh, John 2, or, or 2 John, uh, in chapter 7, uh, John goes on to write more about these false teachers and deceivers, and he says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world, men who will not acknowledge the coming of Jesus Christ in flesh, uh, such as one, such one is a deceiver and the Antichrist. So uh, this was something that really resonated with, with John a, a lot um, and that he wanted us to be looking out for. Now, we must uh, you know, be mindful that there are a world, uh, in our world today, there are teachers uh, of lies that oppose Christ. And their method of uh, seducing people is just to outright lie to them. And they offer a substitute Christ, a substitute salvation, and many times a substitute Bible mm-hmm. in order to deceive uh, Christians. Uh, right. They want to give you something that is uh, that is a fake or that is not true instead of the real word of God and a real eternal life. And, you know, for our listeners, I think one of the things that we have to be uh, mindful of is that not every man in a pulpit um, and not every man on a podcast, since we're doing a podcast right, right. now, where every man with a Bible is really of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you need to be really mindful of that. And the other thing that I would remind our listeners um, is something that, that we always need to, to keep in mind is that, uh, you know, the devil, he is a liar. He always has been a liar, and he, right. and he always will be a liar. Right. And so he is uh, in the mode of, of trying to deceive. And there's nothing that he wants more than to uh, have uh, his uh, operatives out and about uh, causing deception and, and drawing away true believers from what they believe in that one true God. That's right. The spirit of the Antichrist is that of the liar who denies that Jesus is the Christ. A right view of Jesus Christ, his person, his work, and saving message is an essential mark of genuine faith. You know, over in verses 22 and 23, John stresses the inseparable divine equality of the Father and the Son, noting that an Antichrist is one who denies them both. False teachers will often say, we worship the Father, we believe in God the Father, even though we disagree with you about Jesus Christ. But to deny the Son means to deny the Father also. And you cannot separate Father and Son since both are one God. 
Jesus said, I and my Father are one. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. No one who denies Jesus is the Christ can claim to be a part of the family of God because no one who denies the Son has the Father, but whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And you mentioned uh, there's a lot of deceivers out in the world. John was dealing with a group of deceivers called the Gnostics, and we talked about them uh, several weeks ago that uh, the Gnostics, they believed that Christ's spirit descended on a man named Jesus at his baptism and left him just before his death. Thus, the Christ spirit was not fully human. So they were denying the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, I wonder what John would say today if he were alive today and looking at what's going on in the churches and then the the cults that's come out of uh, Christian churches where people have left the church, false teachers. Uh, What would he say about the teachings and the heresies of our time? Think about all the absurd teaching about Christ that's out there. Jehovah Witnesses believe that Michael the archangel and Jesus are one and the same. Mormons teach that Jesus and Satan are brothers. And if you were listening to our podcast in the last few weeks, you know that John said early on that light and darkness uh, cannot be together. God is light. In him, there is no darkness. How in the world can Jesus and Satan be brothers? There's all kind of false teaching going out there today. Yeah, and you made a great point of what would John say about today. You know, these these words that we're reading and studying today, those were written, you know, some 2,000 years ago. And uh, just imagine, you know, he would be shocked by what he sees today, how it really feel yeah. uh, in terms of all the things that you just listed out that are going on um, in, in our times. And so, um, you know, how much more should we be aware and prepared and on guard mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, this uh, Antichrist spirit? Uh, to be out and about and, and to be uh, in effect. And so, uh, you know, Dad, we looked at uh, kind of those three points, that the Antichrist spirit will uh, have desertion, uh, you know, deserted the, the people, they left them. Um, it uh, denied Christ, and then ultimately um, it was here to deceive. And so that's all kind of pertaining to that uh, little a Antichrist spirit. But, you know, John also references there the big A Antichrist. And I know you've got some things there that you wanted to share with our listeners. What do you have about the big A Antichrist? Okay, well, the big A Antichrist has numerous names and titles in the Scripture, the man of sin, the son of perdition, as well as the wicked one. And John's readers had heard that the Antichrist, this this individual, was coming. And some of the early Christians had a Jewish background, and thus they knew the prophecies of Daniel pertaining to this one that is to come, this substitute Messiah, the Antichrist. In addition to this, Paul's letters, where he spoke of this man of sin or lawlessness, they were already available to John's readers. The Antichrist will rule the world during a period of time known in the Scripture as the seven years of tribulation. Now, this world has seen some times of trouble before World War I, World War II, but this world has never experienced times of trouble like is predicted to experience in the future. During the seven-year tribulation, God will bring severe judgment on the people on the earth for their wickedness and rejection of Jesus. And the Antichrist, who will rule the world during this time, think about it, he may be alive today, working himself up in the ranks of government in some country. After Jesus Christ comes in the air to claim his bride, the church, taking Christians up to heaven to be with him, the people left behind will be in a state of confusion. This is when this person John refers to as the Antichrist 
Christ will make his move and take control of the world. He will come across as someone who has all the answers to all the world's problems. Mark Hitchcock, I've got all kind of books on uh, studies in Revelation, and I like his books. Uh, in his book, 101 Answers to the Most Asked Questions About the End Times, he gave six key characteristics of the Antichrist that will help you out there gain an overall picture of what this man will be like from his rise to his demise. First of all, he'll be an intellectual genius. Second, he will be an oratorical genius. The whole world be swayed by his hypnotic spell of his words, hypnotic spell of his words. He will be a political genius. He will arise from relative obscurity to take the political scene by storm. He'll be elected to rule over the United Roman Empire. He will assume power under the stealth of diplomacy. His platform will be peace and prosperity. He will weld opposing forces together with ease. He may even well receive the Nobel Peace Prize or Time Magazine's Man of the Year. He'll be able to do what no other world leader has ever been able to do, which is to negotiate a peace treaty for seven years between the nation of Israel and Israel's enemies, enemies, the Palestinians and the surrounding nations, thus allowing for the Jews to rebuild their temple in Jerusalem. Mm. As a result, he will be hailed as the greatest peacemaker the world has ever seen. You know, Matt, uh, through the years, I'm 60 years old, uh, president after president has tried to establish a peace treaty between Israel and her neighbors. And I every, mean, everyone has failed. Everybody's failed. I mean, yeah. even Trump has tried, but he's failed. Everybody's tried. The Antichrist will get it done. He will also be a commercial genius. He will be the CEO of the world's economy. He'll set the interest rates, supply levels, and prices. Under his leadership, everything will be nationalized and put under his personal control. From the middle of the seven years of tribulation, no one will be able to buy or sell unless they have his mark on either their hand or forehead. With the advance of technology, many feel that we will have a cashless society by this time and that his mark that people should have that will be on the hand or the forehead, maybe it will be a computer chip inserted in their hand or forehead through which a person could make purchases. I believe you've got a dog that's got a computer chip, right? That's right, I do. That's right. Yeah, I've got a dog that recently was uh, was chipped, and uh, you know it's it's been in the news in recent times about uh, there's been some employers that have decided to insert chips in, into their staff. Of course, uh, they had to agree to that, uh, but they use it for security access to buildings and and everything else. Uh, you've seen the growth of of being able to pay by just tapping um, a, a debit card or a credit card a, against a, a reader. So, um, you know, we talk about this stuff, but it's it's interesting when you just take a look around you, there's a whole lot of things being put in preparation uh, to, to have this all kind of fall in line, just as you're talking about there, Dad, even getting all the way down to a, a cashless economy. Um, you know, we're, we're right now seeing a quote unquote coin shortage going right. on yeah. in many places saying that they're not accepting cash and they'll only do business uh, by way of some type of electronic uh, transfer of funds. And, uh, you know, I'm not ready to break out the tinfoil hats or anything here, but it, it is striking uh, that this really aligns with what we're seeing oh, yeah. uh, written here in Revelation. That's right. This uh, Antichrist, he's going to be a military genius as well at the midpoint of the tribulation. The mass is going to come off, and the beast will replace the olive branch 
with the sword. You know, he's called the beast because of his beastly-like nature, the Antichrist. And he'll go from waving, waving the palm branch to waving the sword. He will subjugate the whole world. His military conquests will far surpass that of Napoleon and Hitler. He will crush everything and everyone before him. He will be the final great Caesar. And sixth, he will be a religious genius. Satan's prodigy will be able to do what neither Muhammad nor Buddha nor any pope has ever been able to do, unite the world in worship. All the religions of the world will be brought together in the worship of one man, this Antichrist. We're seeing something like this happen today in China. The Communist Party in China has implemented a new crackdown on religion. I'm not talking about just Christianity either, but all religions. They're cracking down on Buddhists and Muslims too. The Communist government there has started this heavy crackdown on all religions in certain areas of China for right now. They are taking down crosses, pictures of Jesus, and religious statues, and replacing them with the uh, pictures of Xi Jinping, the Chinese president. And uh, this is not only happening in places of worship, but homes as well. From August until October of last year, 2019, government officials visited numerous homes of believers in one Chinese province disguised as inspectors related to the National Poverty Alleviation Campaign. Instead, they removed religious posters and symbols and replaced them with portraits of Jinping, the president. The people were told, since you're receiving support from Xi Jinping, you have to hang this portrait. He's number one in China. People that refuse to take down their crosses or religious posters are told that if they don't do it, the government will revoke their allowance for impoverished households and other subsidies. This past May, Chinese authorities entered the home of a Christian in one of the eastern provinces and put up pictures of Mao Zedong and of Xi Jinping. The people living there were told, these are the greatest gods. If you want to worship somebody, they are the ones. In addition to Christians and Christian churches being targeted in China, Buddhist temples are being turned into shrines celebrating Xi Jinping's hit China's president for life. His picture adorns the walls. His recorded voice booms out over the loudspeakers. And it is his thoughts, not Buddha's, that monks are now required to meditate upon in China. Xi Jinping is not the Antichrist this coming, but what is happening in China provides a small glimpse of what the Antichrist will do after he takes over the world. You know, one of the things that the Antichrist will do is set up the image of himself in the Jewish temple after it's rebuilt and demand that the Jews worship him. And when he does this, the Jews will see him as the false Messiah, refuse to worship him. And this will begin a worldwide persecution of Jews and anyone else who refuses to bow down to worship the Antichrist. And don't you think that today people are being conditioned, you know, to bow down with all the talk of taking a knee during the national anthem? Oh, certainly. You know, Dad, uh, listening to you say all that, we're going to have to come back at some point and really do uh, more a deep dive into the end times, uh, yeah. you know, prophecy type, type stuff. Uh, it, it's amazing how many things are happening 
happening around us right now that are falling in line. Uh, you talked about the rebuilding of the temple there. Um, there's active work going on that right now in terms right. of uh, getting prepared to build it and collecting all of the the things that are going to be used inside the, the temple for right. worship. Um, it's just amazing, uh, you know, how fast things are, are moving uh, these days. And so, you know, I would echo uh, John's uh, words here, right here in, in chapter uh, 2, verse 18. It says, little children, uh, it is the last hour. I it's think, the last hour. I think we are in the last hour for sure, Dad. Dad, for our listeners, um, when we're talking about the big A Antichrist, uh, the Antichrist to come, mm-hmm. in terms of the timeline, um, can you help share in terms of, uh, you know, we have the last hour, we, you and I believe, and, and the rapture uh, of the church, mm-hmm. um, and then tribulation. And when do you believe, based off of your understanding of, of the text here, when will that Antichrist really come to rise in power in the tribulation? Is that right? Well, like I said a while ago, I, f- I feel like it is quite possible if we are very close to the return of Christ that the Antichrist, he is somewhere on earth. He possibly could be today, you know, rising up in leadership. But no one will know that he is the Antichrist. And we won't be able to fit all of this together, what the Bible says, until after the rapture of the church. And, of course, you and I, we're going to be gone. We're going to be in heaven. But uh, there might be some in our listening audience that if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to be left down here. But sad to say, if you put off making a decision to accept Christ and take pleasure in your sin, the Bible says that you'll have a strong delusion put upon you, and you'll end up believing the Antichrist, following him. This Antichrist, the thing that is going to set him apart— uh, from just the Hitlers and Napoleons and the Mussolinis of this world, is he is the one that's going to get the Jews to sit down at the negotiating table and come up with a true agreement to protect the Jews and allow them to build their temple for seven years. And so he is going to come to world supremacy and authoritarian leadership after the rapture of the church. And really, the the... Tribulation begins not necessarily with the rapture, but with the signing of this peace treaty, signing this peace treaty. I mean, really, we could be seven years out from Jesus coming back if Jesus could come back at any time. And, of course, you know, you think back during the World War II days, a lot of people had reason to think, well, maybe Hitler's the Antichrist. Look at how he was taking over the world, you know. Mm -hmm. And But he wasn't the Antichrist. But the Antichrist is going to be much worse than him. And you know what he did? He exterminated six million Jews just because of who they were, yeah. their race. Yeah, exactly. So we have the Antichrist, the, the one man that is uh, to come on the scenes there in the last uh, hours or last days. And then we've talked about the little A, which is that Antichrist spirit. It's the embodiment um, of that same kind of counterfeit uh, spirit uh, that the Antichrist will have in full form. And that's what we, we shared with those kind of those three points, Dad. And then as we kind of finish up in our, our discussion today, um, I, I labeled it as John gives a defense uh, to the that Antichrist spirit, right? Yeah. Um, and he outlines there's a couple tools that we have at our disposal as Christians or as believers that we need to really use and, and hold on to and help us to, to stay true to our one true God and our belief 
beliefs and yeah. not be deceived. Right. And so we find those um, kind of scattered out in a couple of verses. I have here verse uh, 20 and, uh, through 21, and then verse 24, and then verse 27. And so that's that's going to be the kind of the next section that uh, we kind of go through here. So reading verse 20, it says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. And then dropping down into uh, the next verse, verse 24, it says, Therefore, that, uh, sorry, therefore, let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. Mm -hmm. And then the last verse here to kind of wrap us up is verse 27. It says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, it will abide. You will abide in Him, mm-hmm. and so, uh, Dad, we see um, a couple of things that I'd like to point out to our readers. Um, one, um, if we haven't said it already, I feel like we addressed it in another podcast. Uh, John likes the word "abide." He does, uh, right? I think "abides" used some hundred plus times in the in the New Testament alone, and I think most of those were by John mm-hmm. in his writing. And so, uh, the term "abide" means to really hold close to, to stay stay firm in, to have a fellowship with. Ultimately, it usually gets referred, uh, referred to as an abide in Christ and having a relationship with Christ. But John uses it here to say that we need to abide in the anointing, mm-hmm. and we also need to abide in what he refers to as the things you have heard from the beginning, which ultimately is the Word of God. Right. Right. And so uh, we have two tools at our disposal, uh, the anointing and the Word of God. And so we're going to dive in just a little bit deeper and look at those. And and so that first one that we have, that first tool that's at our disposal is the anointing. And and uh, the the word here in our Bible is anointing. In other places, you'll, you'll see it uh, kind of translated in different forms. But what I believe John is referring here is to the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. And so, Dad, you and I as believers, when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, and we confess our sins, and we repent, and we are baptized, we receive the Holy Spirit coming into our life. Sure. And that Holy Spirit is, is here to be a helper to us, is here to be a comforter to us. Um, but the Holy Spirit also has a, a function in that it guides us, it directs us. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, in these words here, John says, it teaches us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit, and we're never alone uh, as long as we have that Holy Spirit with us. Now, in this section, Dad, it uh, you know it talks about um, it says you know you don't you know everything. Now, this doesn't mean that. Uh, because you have the Holy Spirit, you don't you don't need to go to math class, right? That, that's not exact. That's not what it's saying here. Um, it's it's not saying that you don't need to study your Bible or you, you, that you don't need preachers and teachers and, and different things like that. Um, all it is saying, or, or and this is not just a, a simple statement; it's a, a large statement, is that when you have the Holy Spirit of God in your heart, you have the de- the ability to detect error. Right. That's really what the Holy Spirit is for, is it helps detect that error that may be uh, in and around you and, and what you're seeing uh, yeah. presented there. 
Yeah, you know, we were talking about the illustration about the Indian. Give us that. Yeah, so uh, there's a, a story that, that, that gets told about a missionary who worked with the Native American population, and and uh, he had been working with uh, the tribes and uh, had had great success in, in leading uh, many of those tribe uh, members to Christ. And one day he was traveling with one of those Native Americans uh, from the tribe that he was working with, and they uh, had to go to a large city that went out to L.A., um, and if you've ever been to L.A., obviously that's a different place uh, yeah. for a Native American to come from a, from a tribe land uh, to the big city there. And, and as they were walking through the city, they came uh, to a street corner, and there was a man who was preaching, and he had a Bible in his hand. And uh, the missionary uh, knew that the man was representing a cult. Uh, but he had a Bible in his hand, and, and he was concerned that his new Christian uh, Native American friend here uh, you know, may have an issue and may be deceived by what was being said. And so mm-hmm. um, the, the Native American stopped, and he, he listened, and he watched and, and took it all in. And as he was doing that, the missionary was just praying. Mm-hmm. He was praying for uh, that Native American that the Holy Spirit would guide and direct him. And so uh, eventually, the the Native American just you know kind of said, "All right, let's move on." And as they continued walking down the street, the missionary asked the Native American, well, "What did you think about what that preacher was saying?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "You know, it, it it's weird, but the whole time I was standing there, there was something inside of me that was screaming, liar, liar, liar.' Yeah, and that something right. is actually someone, and that is the Holy Spirit that was working in him and was telling him that, hey, what you're hearing coming from this guy, even though he's holding a Bible, was not the truth, uh, that he was a, a false teacher. And that's how the Holy Spirit can work in your life and work in my life if we just listen to it and we abide in the Holy Spirit, as John writes here in First John. Boy, there's so many false teachers today, and and uh, to me, there are not so many on radio as on television. False teachers want to be seen. They're on television. And I bet I've got at least six religious channels on the little old satellite that I have in my house. And so at night, after my wife's gone to bed, I'll I'll flip over. You know how as husbands, we watch what we want to watch when the wife goes to bed. And so I'll look over there and try to find something I want to watch, and I'll scan through those religious channels, and I'll click on one channel, and I'll say, false teacher, next one, false teacher, next one, false teacher. It's as if the Holy Spirit telling me liar 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 when i see them because there's just so many of them out there they have been sent out to deceive these false teachers are you know you and i were talking matt earlier before we started this podcast about the word anointing we know that the word anointing refers to the holy spirit that and all of us have that anointing you know all of us have that anointing of the holy spirit to enable us to discern truth from error too but the false teachers, you'll notice when you see them on the television a lot, they're always talking about the anointing, the anointing, as if they have some special anointing. Let me tell you something. I don't care who's preaching on television. Anybody that's a Christian watching that TV program's got the same anointing if that person's a true believer uh, that the person's watching has. We all have the Holy Spirit living in us. We don't have more of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if anything, the Holy Spirit needs to have more of us, but we don't have more of Him. He just needs to have more of us. We've got that anointing, but the false teachers, they try to deceive like they've got some knowledge, some anointing that nobody else has. Yeah, and, and they also um, say that they can basically uh, give that anointing to other people. And 
Uh, you know, you and I were talking kind of in jest. It's, it's, yeah. it's you know, a serious topic. Um, but it is uh, interesting that that's the mode that they work in is, you know, if, supposedly if you send a check to one of these false teachers, then they will send you the anointing oh, back yeah. in the mail. That's right. And, you know, we, you and I believe that that's not how it works. You don't send the anointing in the mail. Right. Uh, that the anointing comes from the one true God, and that comes when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And just as you said, the same anointing uh, that you and I have is available to any of our listeners. Mm-hmm. And uh, if that person who is uh, preaching on TV is truly a Christian, then we've got the same anointing that he does. There, right. there's, there's no, uh, you know, uh, secret well of anointing that they have access to, even though they portray that to many of their listeners. And, and unfortunately, a lot of uh, Bible-believing people fall into that trap, and they, they feel that there is something more that they can attain if they just follow this person. That's exactly and right. And that goes back to that art of art of deception there um, that we see in, in the false teachers. You know, Dad, you mentioned these false teachers and, and how it's very common to see them on, on TV. And, you know, I, I'm going to take that, this time and the opportunity to try to give a, a plug for uh, for the podcast here. Is, and one of the reasons why we're doing this is because I was so frustrated in the fact of, in terms of uh, mass uh, media, in terms of being able to have access to a good spiritual Bible teaching, uh, that it's hard to come by. And that if you turn on your cable ch- channels, uh, those relig- religious programs, many times, not all of them, uh, but many of them are false teachers. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I was so kind of uh, upset and angry that, that that there was no good outlet for good, wholesome Bible teaching that we needed to put it together. And that was part of the justification for coming here to uh, do the Bonfire podcast. And so, right. you know, I would tell our listeners that, you know, we're talking about false teachers today. We're talking about uh, the Antichrist spirit. And we're telling you, and, and John is telling you how you can kind of test that. And I would say uh, we would be doing you a due diligence, uh, uh, I guess a, an absence of due diligence if we didn't say test us and test the things that we are saying That's right. to these same standards. And if you find that what we're saying is true and that you feel that you're being led by the Holy Spirit, that the things that we are teaching and, and that we're discussing is true, then please share that with someone around you because there is truly a lack of availability of good uh, true Bible teaching and mass media at this moment in time, and we're working to change that. That's right. You know, the Berean Christians, they were told about over in Acts, they checked people out. The speakers that came to their church, yeah, they gave them a hearing, but they went and they got in their Bibles and they studied and they made sure where they were coming from. You know, and that's what we need to be doing more of in our churches today, checking uh, people out, because there are more and more people that are claiming to be Christians, leading people uh, out of the church, and then saying they're not Christians. We talked about that earlier. I mean, I read about uh, one one man that uh, wrote a big book in the 1990s about, you know, just uh, how to date, and then Joshua Harris, and now he's saying he's not even a Christian. You know, uh, he, he left us, he went out from us, and mm-hmm. it showed that he was not a Christian. Yeah, we were talking, there's been several other kind of high-profiled Christian artists or ministers or, or people of faith that have recently walked away from their faith. And, um, you know, it, it, it speaks to, again, the words that John says, this is the last hour. We know that there's going to be a falling away uh, that occurs uh, in that last hour, and, and we're seeing some of that play out. 
And Dad, you, you mentioned uh, just just a moment ago when you were talking about how to test and how to, to tell, um, you know, what what is right from wrong in terms of the teaching, and and you kind of uh, stumbled onto our second uh, tool that John uh, gives us here, and that is the Word of God. And he says mm-hmm. that we need to abide in the Word of God. Yeah. Um, you know, we believe, I believe firmly that this is uh, the inerrant, infallible Word of God. Every single uh, word of it, front to back, um, is truth. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said that this Word is truth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he didn't say it was true. He said it is truth. It is the standard. And so by abiding in the Word and knowing the Scriptures and studying your Bible, uh, that will be probably your best way to, to tell whether someone is saying is is true or not, or if they're trying to manipulate the Scriptures. So many of these false preachers or false teachers or even these other uh, religious groups, they try to use uh, verses from the Bible. Right. You know, they, they try to, to take whole chapters of the Bible and insert it into their Bible and then they'll come knock on your door and say, well, yeah, look, we, we study John. And then they'll, they'll show you some verses from John. But what they don't show you is that they have twisted and, and taken pieces and parts and tried to fit their narrative. And so if you don't have a good understanding of, of what the Word of God is, you may be easily be deceived there that, wait a minute, they're leaving a portion out or they, they've added something to it. Um, and we believe that, again, this is the inerrant, infallible Word of God. And right. you can't take away or add anything to it. Um, it is is uh, truth. You know, when the devil attempted Jesus, you know, during those 40 days and 40 nights when he was out in the wilderness, he came to Jesus and he twisted the scriptures. Half the Lord said this, and Jesus would, would quote the scripture and let him know what the Bible really said, you know. Mm, I mean, yeah. that that's what the devil does. I, I've been preaching through First uh, Timothy, and I, I want to share a few verses out of First Timothy as we get ready to close, coming to First Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, that applies. Paul, the Apostle Paul here, he said, Now the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, expressly says that in the latter times, that's what we're talking about, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Boy, that's talking about what John's talking about here, too. We are in the last days, and and we need to bone up. We need to study the Scripture, and we need to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, and we need, when we hear people speak, we need to take them to task on what they say and see if it matches up with the Word of God. That's right. We, we can't compromise on that. We we have to, to, to do that um, and do it uh, seriously. Uh, probably now more than ever, it's more important to get into your Bible and to understand what the Word says, and as you said, to rely on the Holy Spirit to give you guidance uh, so that you can tell uh, what is error uh, from what is truth um, and that you know uh, the difference. John was concerned um, about these uh, antichrist uh, spirits and these false teachers and preachers that were around. And again, uh, those still exist today. And you know what, Dad? They're they're going to only increase as time goes on, right. as we'll see more in these uh, coming along. And so it's very important for all listeners uh, to really abide in the Holy Spirit and abide in the Word of God so that you can protect yourself uh, from the deception that the, the evil one's going to try and throw at us here in these last days. That's exactly right. You know, Dad, it's uh, it's been a great session. Um, I really just am enjoying First uh, John a lot. And, uh, you know, if you would, uh, in our normal fashion, would you pray us out of here? Sure. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you in Jesus' name for this opportunity to 
uh, spread the word, to fan the flames of the gospel today. We pray, O oh God, that you would take this word and apply it to people's hearts and lives where most needed. Lord, there may be some in the listening audience today, they need to take their their preacher to task. They need to look in the Word, make sure that he's preaching the truth, is coming from God's Word, it's not just philosophy, what a man says, but what God says. And our Heavenly Father, I, I just believe perhaps maybe someone that's not a Christian may have uh, stumbled across this podcast. They uh, are intrigued by what we're talking about and about having a relationship with Jesus and, Lord, you're working in their life. I pray, O oh God, that you would continue to draw them closer to you because of the Word of God. Jesus said, no one can come to me except the Father who sent me. Draw him. We pray for the Holy Spirit to draw these that are are looking and listening, seeking uh, spiritual truth. Draw them to the Savior. Help them to see that to become a Christian, they must acknowledge who Jesus is the Savior of mankind, turn away from their sins, accept what he did on the cross uh, in dying for them to pay for their sins and serve him for the rest of their life. Lord, that's what they've got to do. And I pray, Lord, that there will be plenty of people that will make a decision about this and, and protect us, Lord, from uh, the deceiving, lying spirit of the Antichrist that's out here in this world today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonefire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.